Hello, everyone. My name is DC Matthews. Back in 2015, I believe, I set out to do something that I called the Neighborhood Podcast. And the Neighborhood Podcast was, in my head, going to be inside the actor's studio for wrestling fans. Now, I was a very new podcaster. I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, I had just, you know, picked up a, a fairly cheap microphone and, and thought that I could, I could do this. And I believe I made the analogy to, to Icarus, who flew too close to the sun and his wings melted and he fell to the earth. Um, uh, the Neighborhood Podcast, I, I don't remember how long it lasted necessarily, at least in terms of uh, doing interviews. It became a solo show, which then became a, a show that I co-hosted with Doc Manson, which then became DDT Wrestling. Um, and I am certainly grateful for that, that a DDT Wrestling was birthed out of this. I remember typing nine or ten page, if not more, scripts for these solo shows. And if you are a long-term fan of the work that Doc and I do, and you can remember those shows, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I don't think they were, they were clearly not my best work, and Doc had nothing to do with it, so obviously it wasn't his fault. Um, but as we began to do 100, and I believe now 57 episodes of DDT Wrestling, there has been a voice in the back of my mind that's continued to sound like James Lipton, the guy that hosted inside the actor's studio, because that was something that I believed was unfinished, uh, something that I had wanted to do uh, that I hadn't yet done. And so a few months ago, over the summer, when I have a lot of free time, uh, I started thinking, how would it work if I did it again? And that led to questions which led to all of this stuff, which has led to this very first episode of Question Marks, which is going to be a show where we talk to wrestling fans, tracing their path that led them from finding wrestling whenever it was they found it to today. And I, it is bittersweet, which is a word I always like to teach to my students, but it is bittersweet that this first episode uh, is coming on the day that I'm about to release it uh, because we are just a few days past the day that the guest on this show, the very first guest on Question Marks, for all intents and purposes, has left Twitter. Chip K. Fabe, uh, someone who has gone beyond just a guy I know on Twitter, and I can actually call among my friends. And if you listen to the show, you might have established that friends is not something that I, I have a lot of. I'm a friendly guy, but I don't seek out friends very often. I tend to kind of keep to myself. And, you know, the word hermit could describe me in many ways. Uh, but Chip's a friend. I met him when he was on his way, I believe, to a, a takeover or SummerSlam in Brooklyn. He stopped along with Jason Maltov and Bill Neville, met Doc and I for breakfast, 
I saw him just recently when I was in Boston. He again and Jason Maltov and I uh, shared a meal together and a lot of laughs and fun times were had. So, so Chip is a friend and it was a pleasure to sit down and talk to him. And I am, I regret that this episode is coming after he is getting rid of Twitter and supposedly not going to check up on it. I hope that at some point, Chip, you see what I'm going to assume is going to be positive feedback about this show. Uh, Chip and I sat down, this is months ago, maybe September, I want to say, but I don't even remember when we sat down uh, and had a 90-minute discussion on a variety of topics. Chip was a fantastic first guest. He was open. He was honest. We learned things about him and his life. He was very candid about the times that he has had and some of the struggles that he has had and getting to hear how he overcame those and how he went from this kid that I knew on Twitter to now a guy who's got a career, I think we could call it that. Uh, And he's got, you know, he seems to have his life set. He's got goals for his future. Uh, I found it a very positive and dare I say moving uh, interview. And I hope you enjoy it as well. Uh, let me know at the DC Matthews, let Chip know at Chip K Fabe, even if he's deleted, he's not deleting the account. He's just not going to be checking up on it as often, uh, but send him the love that he so richly deserves. He is a great guy and whatever you're doing in life, Chip, from now on, I, and I believe the besties and the neighborhood at large wish you well. So, having said that, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I humbly yet proudly give to you the very first episode of Question Marks. Welcome to Question Marks, the podcast where we talk to wrestling fans. I am your host, DC Matthews. My guest, who else could I have gotten for the very first episode? You think it's Doc Manson, but you're wrong. It is the man, the myth, the bearded legend that is Chip K. Fabe. At, I believe, Chip K. Fabe. Chip, how are you, my friend? I'm doing all right. I'm still alive, just in case people didn't know. I am still alive. You are. You've been gone a while. We'll get to that. We've been talking about uh, having a catch-up, because you've been yep. you've been off doing all sorts Not of... Not mustard. All sorts of crazy adult, like, like serious grown-up things. Yeah. And we're all very proud of you. Um, but but that's, that's not... We'll get there. Uh, this is the very first time I have recorded question marks. You are the very first guest... So this is just, it is a conversation, but I want to kind of just trace everything. So we will begin, as always, with the beginning. Chip, where are you from? I am from a little town outside of Boston, literally 
10 minutes outside of and, Boston. And you've, you've spent, you've lived outside of Boston your entire life. I have. I've never lived in the city, but I've always lived outside. Okay. Explain this to people because there is, there is a mystique about people from Boston. There is something about Boston. I don't know if it can be explained, but you know, every person you meet who's in from that area, even if you don't have the Southie accent or anything, not uh, at all. What what is it about Boston? What makes Bostonians so let's uh, well famous, infamous, unique? You want the real answer? There I, isn't. I, well, there isn't anything. There isn't. There's nothing. Honestly, I said this when I went to Chicago last week. I go to all these cities. You know, I've gone to the last four manias. You go to all these cities and you want to come back. But then when I go back to Boston, it's like, this is really underwhelming compared to where I just was. So mm-hmm. I honestly don't see anything special about Boston. It It's a smaller city, maybe, and okay. people are closer. Maybe that's what it is. I'd like to point out that just behind you, your lovely combed hair back there, is a, a Super Bowl champion Patriots banner. I am sure there is multiple Red Sox, Bruins, yep. and Celtics paraphernalia. Oh, you don't see what my head is hiding. And a Cena towel. Oh yep. man! Yep. Yeah, you're gonna have to move the recording. It's some. That's awesome. <laughs> that's fantastic. Uh, tell me about growing up in the suburbs of Boston. How? Uh, I lived so the town I lived in when my parents grew up there. When my grandma sure. actually raised her family there, it was a very Jewish town, which I was raised Jewish. Um, but towards the end of it, I don't live in the town I grew up anymore. I live two sure. towns over now. Okay. Um, it became a very I don't want to say ghetto, but right on that borderline. Okay. Um, so I went to – my schools were very diverse growing up. Um, I went to a different high school in a different town uh, when the time came, but it was very diverse. I was in the minority at now, that forgive, point. Now, forgive me for asking, was that by choice? Was was it intentional to send uh, moving you out to of town? that town? Well, yes. You said you went to high school in a different town, so that was by choice. Oh, very much. Um, okay. It was a technical high school, so I studied a trade there, which I studied um, We're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. Don't you worry, because people <laughs> who know the mystique of Chip, when they find out, if new people don't know what Chip used to do, hold <laughs> on to your horses. Oh, man. I, I got like a hundred separate questions about that. I, um, I bet you do. <laughs> what, what, what's your family like? I, you know, from what I can remember, because of course my memory is terrible, yep. you know, I know your mom called just before we started recording, which <laughs> is did. always nice. Uh, but uh, tell us just a little bit about the Kayfabe family. Uh, so I grew up, both my parents were together for the first 19 years of my life. Uh, they split about three or four years ago now, uh, but we grew up in a house. Um, we had t- we had three cats at one point. Mm-hmm. Are uh, you an only child? I am an only child. Uh, so I have an o- oh, I definitely yeah. have only, only child syndrome. You and me both, my friend. Yep. You and me both. Uh, my parents wanted to do whatever they could, so baseball mm-hmm. was my sport of choice. So every single year they signed me up for baseball. They'd pay for a new bat. They'd pay for the jersey, the uniform, everything. Sure. Uh, whatever I wanted. Uh, but growing up uh, was very simple. You know, hung out outside with the neighborhood kids. Mm-hmm. Um, really, that was it. Playing you, football. What position? Uh, I was a pitcher, baseball. first baseman, and center fielder. And how far did you go in baseball? Uh, Bar City High School. Good for you. Yep. Uh, I popped my shoulder out, but when we get to high school, I can talk about that. Okay. Um, So no siblings growing up in the suburbs of Boston. Yep. So then let's get into the the meat of what I want to talk about. What is Chip Kayfabe's first memory of professional wrestling? Foley winning the WWF title only because I was there. Uh, It was in Worcester at the DCU Center, or I don't remember if it was called the DCU Center at the time, but that's what it's called now. Um, I was there with my dad. I was four years old. 
and I just I'll never forget. I, it's not even fully winning the title. I know that's making you cringe. It hurts <laughs> my head because I'm trying to do the math in my head, and I'm like, how is fully winning? Like you were there. How is that your first memory? And then I you remember said you were awesome four, and I was like, because let's. How old are you right now? Twenty. Twenty three. Twenty three. Okay. Yep. So I've got you by twelve years. Get off. <laughs> my long. All right. So you're four years old. What brings you to the DCU Center? Were your parents wrestling fans? Was dad a wrestling fan? So actually, funny story. Uh, I found this out very, very recently. Uh, My dad, so my my grandfather was adopted. My grandfather's biological dad, his name was Stephen Israel, and he was apparently a wrestler. He was an extra for the WWF at one point. Really? Can't find any info on him, though. This is what I've been told by my dad. Uh, His name is Stephen Israel, uh, and that's my grandfather's biological dad. So that would be your great grandfather, biologically speaking. Correct. Okay. Um, so my my grandfather was into wrestling. My dad was very into wrestling. Um, I'll always remember Monday nights watching wrestling with my dad in my room before I mm-hmm. went to bed. Um, but yeah, my so first, did he in- did he introduce you to? Oh, absolutely. To yeah. wrestling. And I don't even know if it was by design. Um, it may. I think it was more of he was watching wrestling and I was floating around. It was on TV and I sat down and started watching it. Uh, but what really, my first true memory is not even fully winning the title, that's the night, but Austin's glass breaking during that match. I'll never forget that. that that's all it. Right. That's all I remember. That's good. That's a good one. So, just out of curiosity, do you know if your dad had a favorite wrestler? Like, who was... Yes. My dad's favorite wrestler was um, High Chief Peter Maivia. For some really? reason. For some reason. Yeah. Okay. I'll never understand it. That's but. a very well. That's a very interesting choice, but that's great. Yeah. That's yep. a good. That's a good pull. Yeah. All right. So Austin's glass breaking, fully winning the title. You're four years old. Yep. And you're hooked. Oh, I was hooked. So oh, from then I never on, stopped. from then yep. on, you're 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 about to hit twenty years of being a wrestling fan. Yes. Yeah. Just and like I'm only twenty three. It's crazy. That's what I'm saying. That that's insane. So now you so you look you watch fully you got Austin, but who was the first wrestler that? I, the question is written, took your breath away. Who was the first wrestler that you instantly gravitated towards? Was it Austin? Was it Foley? Oh, it was Stone Cold by a lot. All oh right. My God, I loved that guy. What was what was it? Because to be a four- and five-year-old kid who's interested, you know, you're not gravitating towards the anti-hero side right. of him. So well, this will it? make more sense in a minute. So All Austin right. was my favorite. Um, but as I got a little bit older, if I was younger... All right, so... This will make more sense in a second. The Hurricane was my favorite wrestler in 2003, 2004. As it should be. So that makes more sense. Austin was just my favorite because that was the one I remember. That was the guy I saw at the show. That was the guy I'm seeing every week now. That's the only reason he was my favorite. I don't think his wrestling ever blew me away because how would, how would that at four years old? I don't understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it was just, that's the guy I saw a couple of weeks ago. That's the guy I saw last year. You know, So that, that's where that stemmed from. All right, uh, but the hurricane makes more sense when I was the, six the or seven. He was does my make more sense. Yes, and, and uh, for many reasons because he's he's a favorite of a lot of people just because yep. it's that larger than life. Larger right, I think. So you have no siblings. Were there friends who were into wrestling, or is it just a family? You and dad was mom and was your mom into it? Oh God, no! Oh God, she hated it. She hated that. I was so she must have loved that you got into it too. Um, oh yeah. Oh, she still loves that. I'm a fan of it. Um, she would go to the shows with my dad and I. Um, but she was never into it. Like, if she had an electronic device, she would be that mom on the phone at the show sure. the whole time. Sure. Um, she sounds yeah. very much like someone I may be married to, who <laughs> will come watch NXT TakeOver at Manson Manor, but will be yeah. playing on her phone or oh, reading see, the entire time. 
my mom wouldn't even be in the room. My mom would find any other room to be in. Makes sense. So, did you find friends who were into it, or is it? So I had friend. So I had one friend um, that was into it to a certain, sure. uh, you know, very casual. Um, I got a lot of my neighborhood friends into it. Just like they would come over on a night, and at, I was still, I'm still in that generation that I know what VHSs are. Uh, so we'd still record. Yep. Um, raw on VHS we'd watch it on like a Saturday afternoon or something when we were all playing idea. in the neighborhood sure. so I got some into it by like that but I never had a true wrestling friend okay so you come of age in the Attitude Era you yes. you went to your first live event at 4 which is awesome this is going to jump a little bit but just ballpark it for me how many live wrestling events have you been to in your life I actually tried to do the math on this not too long ago um I gotta be pushing twenty. Really, I yep. would have figured much higher. So that counts WrestleManias. Yep, I'm talking. You know. Oh, you're talking. Uh, you're co- including indie shows. Yes, um, that's what I'm saying. Oh, twenty WWE events. Yes, yes. Yeah, but if you count um, chaotic or beyond or any of that. Uh, in that case, I'm probably pushing sixty. Okay. Yep. That was more of the number I was yeah. expecting. So you said twenty. I wasn't like, even thinking indie. Yeah. All right. So. You have friends, they're watching, you bring them over for Saturdays. Were you a house where pay-per-views were happening? Did you get oh, yeah. the pay-per-views? Yep, and that's another thing. When I was growing up, my parents would always get the pay-per-view for me. Um, there were wow. shows that I missed because I didn't sure. know about, but always WrestleMania, always Royal Rumble, always Survivor Series, every single year with Elko. Yep. Now, how did Dad stay a fan all the way through? He kind of drifted... So. When I became a bigger fan, so after he loved Evolution. Uh, after Evolution, he kind of faded away. Okay. Um, as did I. Uh, I faded away in like 2006. I was getting to that age where it wasn't cool to be. Like I was starting to become an actual person, if that makes sense. Sure. Uh, so it wasn't cool I, I, to be. I fell away at the time I discovered that girls were a thing. So. That's that's exactly that's okay. where that's I did. Ted, I have a feeling. If there's going to be a common theme in these interviews, I think that's going to be one of them, yep. Is, yep. is adolescence kind of causes that. Exactly. So your parents got you the pay-per-views, and good for them. Did you have people over? Oh, yeah. Uh, there one friend in particular that I still talk to to this day. We actually work together now, uh, and I'm his boss. Uh, just, just in case he listens, I want to make that very clear. <laughs> um, Robbie, uh, my best friend growing up. Um, he still his favorite wrestler was Rey Mysterio. So when I was at All In last week, you know, I took a video of Rey's entrance and sent it to him as like a throwback. Um, my throwback to people coming over for wrestling was SummerSlam 2007. Don't remember the show at all. The only thing about it I remember is the theme song. And if anybody knows the theme song, I'm gonna give you two seconds to come up with it. And if you tweet it and get it right, I won't do anything about it. But wind up, wind up was the theme song. We mm-hmm. loved that song. We were in that age where like pop and it was kind of rap at the same time was a thing sure. so again another esoteric question because we're going to jump all over the place just overall how important to you is a theme song to a wrestling show it was it was very important at one point um now i just don't think currently i mean and we'll get into it but i'm not currently watching in too much but yeah it doesn't the music that they're using these days doesn't make sense anymore i always thought i always associate wrestling metal and with metal and rock it just you know they're both hard they're both hard hitting it's violent it's always let the bodies hit the floor exactly to me is the quintessential wrestling exactly i feel like we're moving to ariana grande now and that's probably not the right name to use right now i blame flow rider yes well he's always available though that's the problem he never gets he never gets booked so it's like 
he's available. Let's have him write a song for us. Yeah, I think the themes are great for the recaps. You know, if you can get a good song mixed with a good vignette. Yep. To... 17. WrestleMania 17. Austin Rock. I can never exactly. remember the name of the song, but that is perfect. Yep. yep. All right. Let's get to the real serious question. Uh-oh. Have you always been like you are? What I mean by that is... Were you the kid who fell down the stairs? Were you the kid who, you know, dropped the lunch tray? I always had some sort of ace bandage on me. So what ace bandages, I'm including casts, I'm including band-aids, I'm including anything that's a first that's, aid. That's my follow-up. How many bones have you broken in your life? You want to be real shocked? Yeah, I want to see it like the cover of Have a Nice Day, where it's the chip. You've broken zero. I've broken zero bones in my life. I've <sighs> never broken a bone. Now, I've sprained all of the muscles, all of them, <laughs> but I've never broken a bone. Wow. Now, right? I told you you'd be shocked. I am stunned. Yes. I was, again, because the, the Have a Nice Day cover had the picture of mankind with the arrows pointing to all of his injuries. <laughs> yep. And I was like, that's what I want to see from Chip. Yep. No, I've dislocated. I've sprained. Um, I've pulled. I've never broken. Good for you. Yeah. Now that we're talking about it, I'm going to. just. I feel just... bad because as soon as you said that, I went, oh, man, I'm jinxing it. I'm so jinxing it. <laughs> and he's in the environment in I work body, in. He's going to be in a full body cast next week. It's right. going to be my fault. Yeah. Well, I'll have more time to record shows. That's true. Okay. Look always, look, at, look at you being an optimist. <laughs> yeah. All right. I go back in time. Let me. I get into a time machine. I go back to the suburbs of Boston to see re- prime wrestling fan Chip. Okay. What am I going to see in your room, in your house? What wrestling paraphernalia is going to be all over the place? Okay, so I, I'll always remember this. In the house I lived in at the time, I, my room was blue. It was painted like a royal blue because I love blue. It's actually the color of my shirt right now, and I'm not mm-hmm. wearing that because I want to. I just got out of the place I needed to be. Um, sure. Behind my door, there is a picture, and you'll remember it's the John Cena, this John Cena phase with the yep. white hat and the white fuzzy pants on. That picture was hanging up there. Um, and I don't know if anybody remembers. Uh, there were they, they were called flex action figures at the time, so they were very rubbery, and you could stretch them out. I had mm-hmm. it was I don't know why I left it in the box because that completely defeats the purpose of the flex action figures. But I had a hurricane action figure hanging up <laughs> on my wall under my TV. That's um, fantastic. I also had one. I had two of the same ones. One out of the box with a nail through its head on the wall because I wanted to be able to pull it. <laughs> wow. That is both awesome and terrifying it's, all at the same time. Because I picked the head yeah, to nail it through. That, that's like you know the kids who hang, used to hang the Barbie dolls. And... Yes. So weird. I was, a, I was a very odd child. All right. What do you mean by that? Uh, so when it comes to wrestling, I never really – my inner circle, because I always use inner circle because of you. Just wanted you to know that. Uh, my, my inner circle of friends knew I was a wrestling fan. Uh, but people at school – that I would talk to on a regular basis didn't know. And actually, to this day, I still don't think people truly know. I, no I mean, I think it's Halloween more costumes for you? No, nope. Um, I actually, you know what? Once I turned seven, I don't even think I went trick or treating again. I wasn't into it. I'm a people watcher. I prefer to see, be at my house and have people come to my door and see their costumes. Do you classify yourself as an introvert? Yes, absolutely. Okay. I've kind of grown out of that shell. Very recently, within the last. How much year. of that is Jason Maltov's fault? 
Um, I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding because there are two people, and and we can talk about this. But yep. there there is Chip, and then there is the person I met before Chip. Because I, I, twenty, I have been I have been I'm going to say friends, even though we've met yep. once. But I'm going to say I've been friends with you long enough to remember the pre-Chip days. Yep. And I do think that Chip K. Fabe has caused you to become there yep. there is a personality there that comes with being chip and holding up the bandaged arm and falling off the bed and doing yeah yeah the scar and such so i do think that you know we'll get to a point where i ask you where the new age insiders and all of that came into oh, yeah. came into being but because it's interesting to me you know you say you're an introvert you're a people watcher part of me can see that but part of me is also like well, you're going to fall over. People are you're you're the one people watch, Chip. That's... Yes. Uh, so that's become very true, with especially in the new environment I'm in. Um, so you asked me if how much of Jason Maltov influenced that. He's a good he's a good part of mm-hmm. it. And of um, course, I'm I'm counting Maltov, Stryker, yeah. Neville, the the whole the whole group. I think the character of Chip K. Fabe. So basically, Jason Maltov gave me the name. And for people that don't know the backstory to that, it all started with the fire alarm. Um, since we're all wrestling fans, I can actually tell the real story how it's meant to be told. There are so many Adams in Chaotic Wrestling that were heels. Adam Booker, Adam Barrasano, and then I was there, and I was Adam. Uh, so a fire alarm was pulled during Warbeard Hansen and Chase Del Monte's match. Purpose or not, who knows? We'll never know. Uh, but we're, we're all gathered outside. Myself, Jason Molotov, Bill Neville, Liam Stryker, and a few other people. And I, it, there was he wasn't provoked at all. He just looks at me and he goes, there are too many bad atoms in this world. Your chip. That's it. That's all it took. Um, and I remember the next day I put a poll on Twitter saying, should I just change my name to Chip? And you were the first one to respond. You go, yes. All you said was yes. yes. All you said yes. was yes. Um, so, and ever since then, I've, I've been Chip. And with the character, you know, the tweets that I've had, and I say character because it's not really one, but it's a different name. Um, but since I've become Chip, in quotes, um, I've opened up a lot more. I don't care anymore. You know, I share my life because my life is a crazy roller coaster. Everything happens to me. Like you've told me to write a book, I honestly could. Uh, so I'm not since, kidding. Yeah, just the fact you're live tweeting from the plane, in just like <laughs> waiting to get into Chicago and out of Chicago, and I'm just because you yep. you, you can express yourself well. You yep. have plenty of stories to tell. Yep. You are just an imminently likable person. Like, yep. people are going to want to hear yep. your stories, so which as is a kid, why. That was a kid. That actually brings me back to where we were as a sure. kid. I was always, I think I was scared to express myself. Like, you know, I was embarrassed of all the things that we laugh about now. The falling everywhere. The, uh, you know, I, I walked face first into a locker in eighth grade. And I never told a soul about it. And it was my own locker. And I'll never forget it. I left my own locker open. I walked away to go down that hallway to go to a classroom. That it wasn't even my classroom, so I had to walk back that way, walk face first right into my locker, my own locker that I forgot to close. But I would never tell anybody that because I was scared. I was scared I'd get judged. Now I just don't mm. care. I'm like I said to you in a DM today. I'm an open book. Well, so good. that that's the difference. Your your audio, just so you know, and we won't cut this out, but it's it's maybe it's on my end, but it's just kind of fading in and out. You sound almost muted a bit, and then you're okay. So it's fine. Okay. Hopefully, I people can hear heard that story. Said, you're way better now. but I think my mic was coming unplugged a little bit. Oh, well, thank you for taking care of it. I'm glad I said something. Yes. So here's my question, because you talked about wanting to be judged, and then you had mentioned uh, you know, about the friends, because I feel similarly. 
what is the shame that comes along with being a childhood wrestling fan? Like, you, you don't want to go out, at least I didn't, and maybe it's different now than yep. it was back then. But in my day and in your day, it seemed like you didn't want to publicly admit that you exactly. watched wrestling. Absolutely. It was, a lot of it was, you just, not even, like, I would never bring up wrestling. But you'd hear people in the other half of the classroom say, oh, you have you heard about wrestling? You know how fake that is? And then it's like, oh, it's so stupid. And you hear all of that. And it's like, all right, well, I'm definitely not telling you I'm a fan now. Um, so that's where it started because if I knew if I told people, if I stood up and was like, I'm a wrestling fan, they'd be like, you're stupid. And it's like, yeah. I don't want that. Because so. like you, I had some friends who were into it, but I'm not sure how many of them were actually like, I don't know how many of them watched it when they weren't with me. Right. And that's where my friends were, um, like Robbie specifically. He would watch it with me. I don't think he ever went home on a Monday night and watched it. I, I, yeah. I don't. Uh, if he was with me, he'd watch it, and we'd play the we'd play the video games. The video games were the way I got people into it. Uh, WrestleMania 19 on the GameCube was one of the games I got people into. Excellent. So. I, I love that was on the list, and I kind of skipped over it, but I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah. Uh, just quick question. I don't believe this is on the last part. Uh, in your mind, the best wrestling video game of all time is? SmackDown vs. Raw 2007. Good choice. Yes, that's my favorite game. All of game. those games were good. No Mercy was going to be my choice, but SmackDown vs. Raw 2007. Was Plus, so that's better. what Multi was going to pick. We got to let he can he can expand on yes. that a little more. Oh, he's no, he's definitely going to pick the NWO game. Oh, Revenge. Oh yeah, Goldberg's <laughs> on it. True. He, of but, course, he's going to pick it. So outside of wrestling, yes. you mentioned baseball. Yep. What else was Kid Chip into? So baseball was my first love. Always has been. Always will be. Um, I was into, um, honestly, uh, I mean, football, we play football. So I had uh, a big backyard and then I had a front yard that for some reason, I don't know. Oh, I remember why. Cause my front yard, we had a walkway going through obviously. Um, and my yard was so perfectly symmetrical that the walkway would be the 50 yard line. <laughs> so we could play football out there. Uh, but honestly, I was really into basketball. I had a hoop outside my house that everybody would come over. I was the neighborhood house. Everybody would come to my house. I had a cellar, um, a basement, as you people call it. Um, I call it a cellar. Okay, good. I'm glad I'm not the only one. Uh, everybody would hang out there. Um, we had the hoop. I had a trampoline in my backyard. So I was the kid of the neighborhood. Everybody would come to my house. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, that was really all I was into. It was baseball, wrestling, and hanging out outside with my friends. I wasn't sure. one to be inside. I had video game systems, but I barely played them. Okay. So You'd sit outside and read a book? The only series of books I remember ever sitting down to read that completely locked me in was one series of unfortunate events. Um, and there was another one. I think it was Spiderwick, if that mm-hmm. sounds familiar. The Spiderwick Chronicles? Yes, that. I loved those books. I read them like six times. Um, I had all the Harry Potter books. I don't think I ever read a single page of them, but I remember mm-hmm. going every time they were released at midnight to get them. <laughs> but I don't think yep. I ever read a page. Well, because it's a, it's a it's a hang. Yes, it's a good place to go. Where, would you consider yourself a good student? Yeah, yeah. Um, I was always very well behaved. Um, was I? I didn't have the best grades. Um, mm-hmm. I had average grades. I was a very average with grades, but I think teachers liked me. I was very responsive. I would try um, whether I had the right answer or not. As a teacher, let me say, it's really all we're hoping for. Right. I would raise my hand and. Even if I knew I was wrong, I was going to try just in case it was right. And it usually <laughs> wasn't right, but I would try just to get that mm-hmm. that uh, participation point. 
So, so what was the what was the dream? Was it baseball player? Were you envisioning yourself center fielder for the Red Sox? Uh, it was always to be a pitcher for the Red Sox. I'm a left-hander, okay. so I always oh. want, I always knew I had an advantage over. So you people. want to be David Price? That's what you're telling me. Uh, absolutely not. <laughs> Chris Sale. Chris Sale. Don't, yes. His arm's going to fall off. Well, I don't. We, we, we won't, we won't get submarine. into it, but I'm I'm terrified right now. I'm scared too. I'm terrified. I, you know, they're, they're doing this whole thing where he's going to pitch two innings, 40 pitches, and see how he does. And I'm like, just want to, like, watch through my fingers. Right. It's like, oh, please don't fall off, Arm. Please, we need you. <laughs> All right. So you, you told me, you get to, whether it's adolescence, whatever time, wrestling does fall away. Yes. Now, I want to ask this question. It's a fairly sensitive subject, but you told me you're an open book. Yes. To me, it strikes me as being uh, a shocking thing. To be a 19-year-old yep. and to find out that your parents are getting a divorce. Yes. How? T- tell me whatever you would like to tell me yeah. about that, because that's, yep. that's a crazy age for that to happen. Uh, you know, it happened at 19, but I think I saw it coming uh, okay. a few years before. Um, you know, it, it started with my dad sleeping on the couch, and, you know, and it started a long time ago. It might have been even when I was 11 when I didn't really understand why 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 is dad sleeping in the guest room? Why is dad sleeping on the couch tonight? And then it just kept on getting bigger and I totally understand why it happened, especially at the age I'm at now. I sure. get it. They are 100% right for doing it. But at 19, um I was very frustrated because I was I at the time I had just gotten I called it the big boy job. Um and it was it was very sudden. It wasn't like, hey, they didn't never sat me down. I was like, hey, this is happening. It was one day my mom was there. The next day she was gone. Uh, so I very much felt that I was abandoned by my mom, mm-hmm. um, especially when I was moving into a career where I thought my life was finally getting together. And yep. that happened. It was literally the day of. I worked my first shift at that place. I got home. She was gone. So okay. um, I didn't so talk did to her for s- over a year. Yeah, because I remember yeah. that because this is one of the crazy things is all of this has happened while on Twitter. Yes. Because you've been yep. on Twitter since 2011, and we'll get to that. Yep. So all of this took place while you were yep. part of the social media experience. And so, you know, I don't remember when we did our first draft, the cursed reply all draft with it was DJ. The, it was the year Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns made evented. Ah, okay. So 2015? No, yeah. it had to be, have been 14, though, right? Well, if it, if it was night, you're 23 now. It's 2018, so yep. four years ago. That makes 2015. sense. Yeah, yep. 2015, 2014. Yep, that makes sense. All right. So, have you talked to either of them about it? Was it? Was it? Did they stay together for Young Chip to yes. try to get you through? Absolutely. They they didn't know how I'd react. Um, sure. And I think it was more. They tell me it was because of me, but also. Now, at my age, I understand life a little bit more. Um, mm-hmm. I also... I'd like to point out that you're 23. I'm, I'm only I guess, 23. I, I'm just going to keep saying that. You do understand life more at 23 than yes. 19. Yes. But you're only 23. When we redo this show in 2028, you can tell me about how you understand life. <laughs> yes. Um, but I think it was more... So we were never a wealthy family at all. Like, I was lucky that they got me the pay-per-views because I know, I know as a kid now what they went through, and I know they were struggling to pull that out. I know $65 pay-per-view was not really feasible for them, but they wanted to do it for me. Um, mm-hmm. So I always appreciate that. Uh, but I always think, I still think to this day, and I'll never ask them, and I'll never, 
I'll never accept the answer, but I know they stayed together mainly financially because they had to. It was necessity. They had to. They couldn't, but they couldn't sure. afford it. They would not be the only ones to do that, I am sure. Yep. 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 I would never ask them. I would never make them admit right. that. But Would you say now that your dad and your mom are happier now? My mom absolutely is. My dad is still finding his way. He's trying. Sure. Uh, my dad has other demons. Um, yeah, he has other demons that he struggles with. Sure. Uh, he, and he's right there, and he's a piece of shit. But... <laughs> Hi, Mr. Chip. How are you? <laughs> he just walked away. Oh, okay. yeah, but yeah, my mom is. My mom's definitely up here. Okay. Now, <laughs> what brought... I, well, we will only stay on this for another minute or so, but what brought you back? Because you didn't talk to her for a year, yep. uh, understandably so. Yep. What brought you two back together? Uh, it was... Honestly, it was actually around this time. Um, it was the Jewish holidays. Uh, we. It was temple. It was... Um, this time of year, for people that don't know the Jewish holidays, it's Yom Kippur, uh, which is the holiday for forgiveness. And it just felt like the appropriate time, where we were in the same place at the same time. We talked it out, and I got I got it. I understood. Yeah. So. Okay. So, you have a good... Really, you're, clearly, you have at least somewhat of a good relationship with Dad, because he's in the other room. You seem to... Okay. We try. We, can, we, we try. Can talk, that's all that you can do. Yes. You have a good relationship with mom enough that she's calling. Yeah, no, uh, me and my mom are back tight like we were when I was a kid. Very good to hear. Yep. All right, so let's get to this here. You're 19 years old. Yes. You you graduate high school? I graduated, actually, I walked a month before my 19th, uh, my 20th birthday, a uh, 19th birthday. Okay, so you, you finish high school. Yep. And you decide, because you went to a technical school. Yep. You decide... Somehow, what what makes you think that? And I don't even know if I know the title right. Um, drafting for a nuclear reactor is a good idea. So basically, the high school I went to was a high school uh, in Canton, Mass, called Blue Hills Regional Vo- Blue Hills Regional Vocational Technical High School. Very long name, um, but it's a trade school. So we had sixteen shops at the time. They've expanded since I've left, uh, adding criminal justice and one other shop. Um, I just, I studied drafting and CAD, computer aided drafting. Uh, basically, the main area of study in that shop for four years was architecture. Um, so basically, what you get is a four-year certificate of completion when you graduate, along with your diploma, uh, which is the equivalent of an associate's degree. Um, so after high school, I went to Massoit to continue my education because I felt like I needed to do the college thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was November of my first year of college in November 2014 I got a call from my high school shop teacher saying hey I have an email from a former student there's a job I really think you need to apply for I think you got it and he sent me the job description I was like are you kidding me no I do not have this it was the title at the time was drafter one um, for an existing uh, an on yeah excuse me an operating nuclear power plant I said absolutely not because first of all I don't know electrical and second of all, no, I'm not smart enough. Applied for the job, got an interview two weeks later, was hired on the spot. Um, so my title officially became electrical design technician um, on a power plant out of South Carolina. Sorry for anybody that lives in South Carolina. If anything goes wrong, it wasn't me. Okay. I have so many questions, it boggles the mind. First of all, let's pretend for 
instance that someone listening, when they hear the word drafter, yep. thinks someone who participates in the DDT draft. <laughs> yes. What is it that a drafter does? So essentially, so what I studied in high school was as a drafter uh, for architecture, you think blueprints, think of what construction workers, that those rolled up pieces sure. of paper that they're always yep. walking around with under their shoulder. That's what I drew. Um, now, in the old days, you're going to think of it as pen and paper or pencil and paper. Now it's currently CAD, which is computer-aided drafting, which mm -hmm. essentially just does it on a computer. Um, but when I became an electrical designer, it was the same thing, just drawing cables to a substation, to a reactor, to a electrical panel, whatever it may be. Okay. Did you need some sort of artistic background to get into this field? For Are you an artist? I'm not. I can't even draw a stick figure. Okay. Um, you, so ideally you should. So I realized that when I went to college um, for one semester um, that you should be an artist. So basically one of the, pro the last projects I ever worked on in college was we had to go outside of Massasoit and draw the, the building. But you also had to have a shadow of it. And I could not figure it out for the life of me. I, can, I have no, no artistic knowledge to, at all. Mm -hmm. Um, but when it comes to electrical, it's really just lines because it's cables. You're drawing a line from a box to another box. So okay. you didn't need anything there. And you're so you're working in the greater Boston area Yep. for a plant in South Carolina. Yes. So you're just coming up with the plans, sending them off. Someone else is putting the plans into place. Yep. Um, I also had to travel out there once a month. Okay. Yep. I had to have clearance to work on the building. Uh, so you had to get a uh, core insulated once a month to make sure, you know, nothing criminal because, you know, you can mess a lot of things up. Well, that was it. I was like, there has to be some level of background check because while right. you might not be working for the government, you're doing a very important job as a 19 or 20 year old kid. Yes. So um, you also had to get drug tested every third Monday of the month, which I had no problem with. You know, never failed, never would. Um, and then you also had to... Um, trying to think of the way to put it because i also worked on another high importance product uh project in georgia i worked on a security building and that was more my area because i designed a building um and i did lighting in it uh so the architecture part i had down i was so confident on that project and i had a different boss um but we'll you, get there yes but you also had to you had to show that you knew what you were doing so they would test you sometimes my supervisor would come up and say all right what are you doing right now? Stop what you're doing. Tell me exactly what you're doing. And if your answer was, I don't know, it was go home. It was go home for the day. Figure out what you're doing. Come back. We'll do it again tomorrow. So you, it had to be on your toes there. Mm -hmm. I, again, I'm just baffled at – so now I just have to live my life knowing a lot of these really essential things yeah. are being put together by – Forgive me, every 19 or 20-year-old is a dopey kid who is you know, sitting yep. in an office. Now – you hated this job. I, I remember this vividly. I remember having many conversations with you being like, "Get out! you should be a teacher because I tell everyone to be a teacher. You, you should find something else to do because you were just miserable for a very long time. Yep. Um, you know, and you talked about being a dopey 19-year-old. I think that's where the, you know, I, I will say this now that I can actually speak about it was at the time, I hated my boss. I did. I really did. I hated my boss, but I didn't hate him as a person because he was a very, he was a very genuine person uh, at the time. Also, when I was um, working there at 19, my mom was uh, going through cancer again. 
Uh, so my schedule there was basically, it was a 980 schedule. So what a 980 schedule is Monday through Thursday, you work nine hours a day. Every other Friday, you work eight hours. The opposite Friday, you have off. That opposite Friday, I would take my mom into Dana-Farber in Boston to her appointments. He was very understanding of that, for the most part. There were mm-hmm. some days where he, there were also uh, overtime days, which, you know, 19-year-old me was like, no, I don't want overtime. I don't need it. Should have taken it. Uh, he couldn't understand why I wouldn't take the extra money. Yeah, he, I have so. to assume. Forgive me for interrupting, yep. but I have to assume that this is a fairly lucrative job for a nineteen or twenty-year-old. That's where it all came from. I think he associates nineteen-year-olds with being dopes, idiots. Um, I don't mean to say idiots. I'm thinking Chris Jericho today, um, but you know, not being mature, not taking a job seriously, which I always do. I got my first job when I was fifteen. I was there for five years. Um, yeah, and there is an overlap there. I worked two jobs at one point. I had the job that we're talking about currently, and I also worked at a restaurant at night. So I was working close to 16-hour days. So mm-hmm. um, I took my job seriously, uh, but I don't think he ever would accept a 19-year-old, 20-year-old, and 21 when I got laid off uh, working in a company where these people have been in the business for 40-plus years. I was the youngest sure. by 40 years. Easily. Again, this is ridiculous. Yep. This is ridiculous. Doubling back a bitch. Yep. Cancer is not a word that we have heard up until you brought it up. Yep. Never talked about it. Mom has had it multiple times. So, essentially, what happened... So, in 2010, um, she was diagnosed with breast cancer, uh, stage four. She literally woke up and just felt it. Um, No prior symptoms, nothing. Uh, She woke up felt it went to the doctor doctor told her that day i can't tell you officially but you have it um and obviously i was i was like 14 15 so i didn't fully get it at the time mm-hmm. um so they took a while telling me um but you know she went through chemo every friday for my dad was standing right there he could tell me uh maybe three years um Knock, thank God she never got sick from it. She's got tired. She never lost her hair, which was her biggest concern. Wow. Was, yeah. That was her biggest concern. I'm not going to lose my hair, right? Um, so she went through that. Uh, but also, it was a weird... I don't know if it... It might be common, but I don't really know. I try not to look into cancer just because it's such a terrible disease, and I really don't want to know more about it than I have to. Um, the cells traveled from her breast to her liver, which essentially gave her liver cancer as well. So she was still, at the time, battling that. It was only every other okay. week. But it was still something I needed to do because at the sure. time they had gone their separate ways, mm-hmm. my parents. So I felt and, like I needed to step in. Uh, so I'm assuming she's yep. recovered? Yep. She's, Knock on wood. Again. She's in recovery. Uh, she's in remission. Uh, they'll never call her a survivor. They have told her that because of the cells traveling. They never know what's going to happen. Sure. But uh, we're on – it's 2018 right now. So we are th- two and a half years in now. Yep. Excellent. Yep. So once they went their separate ways, um, you know, they were still together. They were still living together. So I was still going at that point. Mm-hmm. When they officially split was when my mom was done with chemotherapy, and that's when dad left. So we made it work. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, it was, a, it, was a, it was a very weird and stressful time in my life. It's when I completely shut down. So what I'm hearing is the the later childhood, adolescent – what people would consider going into the college age years, you just decided or fate decided to just skip you over that. 
Yeah, I never like had... Like Mario finding the pipes and <laughs> advancing to level four before yep. completing the others. Yes. I, I missed that part of my life. Um, I even missed the high school part of the life. So you think of high schoolers today, and I'm kind of in that generation, where Friday, Saturday, you're partying, you're out at your friend's house, you're, let's be real, you're probably drinking. I didn't have that. I got my first job on my 15th birthday, um, and I worked at that place until I was 20. Every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, I worked. I was a busboy and then a bar back. Um, and then I became a bartender for two weeks before I quit. Uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so I, I missed that whole part of my life. I worked. I was terrified to call out of work. I never mm-hmm. called out of work um, until I got the, uh, the job, the job I hated. I did have to call out for a real reason. Uh, but I was scared to call out. So I never went to the parties. I never did that. I never had that scene. I never had the college life. Mm-hmm. I matured. Do you regret it life. now? Um, sometimes, yeah. Yeah, sometimes. Do you just want to go out and get crazy? I, a couple weeks ago, I did. I think I made up. I think a couple weeks ago, I made up for my whole missed teens uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, okay. <laughs> can I tell that story real quick? You can tell whatever stories you want. Actually, you this is a fa- this is. I, let me just pause right yeah. here to say this is working out so much better than I had hoped. Good, I'm glad. Like I am so glad we're doing this. So, I, yes, I told you I'm an open stories, book. T- tell me whatever stories you'd like. It might make more sense when we get to the place I'm currently at. Um, but let's just put it this way: I was very, very under the weather. I'll say for to be appropriate. Um, I thought I called my mom to come pick me up. I didn't. I call somebody that reports directly to me at work. <laughs> and they came and picked me up. Well, that's nice. They were very nice. We, we will get to the yes. we will get to the new job. I want to double yes. back a little bit. Are you or are you not a licensed, certified, whatever umpire for baseball? I am. I've been a licensed, uh, patched umpire since I was fourteen. Um, fun story about that is the association I'm a part of. You're not allowed to be patched until you're sixteen. But I got a hundred and ten on the test, and they wouldn't not take me. So you're just violating. You're gonna get into like. You're gonna get senior discounts when you're like 37. Yeah, I'm gonna. You're I'm gonna have white hair at 28. <laughs> uh, so was there a time where you were umpiring and working at the restaurant and doing the drafting job? Uh, yeah. Yep. Um, so I got the job at. I got the drafting job in February 2015, which was ironically the time that we did the first draft. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I got that job. I worked at the restaurant until Mother's Day of 2015. And I was umpiring in May. So for, for a month, I was doing all three. Have you ever considered that you might not be so chip-like if you slept? <laughs> what is sleep? That might, <laughs> that might be part of the problem, is you're walking into lockers because you're just not sleeping. <laughs> that, that could very much be it. Um, so I've actually been umpiring since I was 12. Um, the the day I graduated from Little League Baseball, I didn't want to leave. I I loved the um, the association, um, so I wanted to be involved any way I could, and I still am to this day involved in the association, but we can get into that when we get to current day. Um, I wanted to be involved, so I went to the umpire-in-chief and said, hey, you know, I'm really interested in being an umpire. He sat me down. He had a meeting. He wanted to make sure I knew baseball. He knew I could play. Didn't know if I knew the rules. And I did, and he... he had me umpire. I was umpiring six days a week at 12 years old. So Ridiculous. Insane. Ridiculous, yep. ridiculous. Yep. I was jumping off of couches and hitting elbow drops on yep. people when I was 12 years old. I was making 20 bucks a game, pocketing it. Uh, don't know where any of it went, because I <laughs> definitely don't have it now, but 12-year-old me was stoked. Yeah. 
All right, so you said wrestling went away. Yep. What brought it back? When did it come back for you? Um, you know, it was actually around when my mom got diagnosed. Um, I needed something. I was so stressed, and I was I was way too young to be stressed. Um, yeah. So I probably went through a year of you know that and doing nothing. Um, and then I just remember, I can't remember what my show of choice was. I ha- I definitely had a show of choice at that point in my life, but it wasn't on that day. So I was like, let me flip through the channel and see what's on. And I came across Raw, and the Nexus were attacking. Uh, it was it was the day that they came out, and uh, I remember Daniel Bryan choking Justin Roberts with his tie. Yep. Um, and I was like, what is happening? <laughs> like, what what is this? What what? Why is this? What is, why is what this dude being to choked? The wrestling? Right. Yeah. Like, why is this dude being choked? Where's Triple H? Was my first question because I knew it was late at night, so it had to have meant main event. So why is Triple H not there? And who are these people? They don't look like guys. You know what I mean? Like, because I went away in 2006. So if you think about the Nexus, that group of people weren't really who you'd consider to be wrestlers um, in that in that time frame. So I never expected wrestling to change. Obviously, it has evolved, and we all realize that now. But I didn't expect it to evolve like that. Mm-hmm. So. I was like, I got to watch, see who these people are next week. And that, I was in. Thank you, Ryan Reeves. <laughs> oh, Thank you, Skip Ryback. Sheffield. Please don't clothesline any more women into pools. <laughs> All right. So, when, so you, you come back, the Nexus is there. Yep. When, because those are all my lost years. Yep. When did you find social media? No, that was for a project, you said, correct? Yeah, so... I did make the Twitter in 2011 uh, just because I – so I, I was still in that weird phase where I didn't want my friends to know that sure. I was into wrestling. So I made a completely different Twitter. The handle was AJamesK20. And I literally just tweeted The Rock, and I said, you are awesome. You you have to know my mom is a big fan of you, not as a wrestler, but as an actor. But I am a fan of you as a wrestler. And he he – retweeted it and at the time you couldn't quote tweet so he replied to it and I thought it was the coolest thing ever I don't have the screenshot anymore you found the tweet that I sent him at one point uh, I'll find it again I know you it will was, I was having problems it was but... very embarrassing uh, but essentially you know after that I was like I'm done I don't need it I went back to my personal Twitter um, but then it became a high school project and I can't remember what it was it was a sophomore year project and it was about it was based on a book uh, that had two best friends, and you had to have them interact by social media because they didn't have it or whatever it was. Uh, but then in 2014, uh, around SummerSlam time, I made it a wrestling Twitter. And that's where I found you. Absolutely. So who do you find first? The number two contenders. Oh, you're making my heart so excited. Yep. So so I think I know this, but let's just, for public record, of course, you found Doc Manson and I back when we were just blogging because we didn't yep. know how to do a podcast. And then did you find the New Age Insiders after that? Yes, I did. I found, oh. I found the Insiders because of you. You're welcome, yep. Jason. <laughs> you're welcome. Um, so the funny, I don't know if you'll remember this. Um, I was working at the restaurant at the time, so you won't know that. Uh, but there was this, it was SummerSlam night, and... This guy, I can't remember the handle, but this guy is like, I got big news, I got big news. And, and and we were all like, I think there was something that we were all thinking was going to happen that night that didn't end up happening. But we, you and I were both tweet- messaging each other back and forth, like, do we really think this guy has anything? And I remember I was so, like, my, my messages were so, like, not English <laughs> that I don't know how you dealt with me. Um, but I remember that's how we met just because of that guy being like, Oh, I got this news. And we were trying to figure out if he did. And we wanted to, mm-hmm. we wanted to find out if it was real. Um, it definitely was not real, 
but no i remember running into the bathroom at work every like six minutes and being questioned of why i had to pee so much <laughs> um <laughs> I, less, I just like staying hydrated yeah, yeah. I, I drink a lot of sprite at that point i was drinking like four liters of sprite a day it was disgusting do you still drink sprite i do not so uh when I was working the Westinghouse job, you know, like I said, I kind of alluded to, I shut down. Um, at that point, I had no social life. I wouldn't leave the house after work. I was eating like crap. I was drinking everything. Um, I put on, uh, in high school, I was 150. I got up to 205 pounds. Uh, now I'm back down to 155. Uh, thanks, CDP Yoga. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I was drinking so much spray. I was not drinking any water. None. Mm-hmm. None. Sounds like my freshman year of college, yep. except it was Diet Coke. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I wouldn't even touch diet. It was just Sprite. It was just Sprite. All of it. All of the Sprite. Um, it's lemon and lime. Yeah, it was It was a very good combo. I miss it sometimes. I haven't had it in eight months. Good for you. Yeah. So, just because, ex- explain to me, how did social media and finding suddenly you who were ashamed or trying to kind of keep your wrestling fandom under wraps, yep. now you find a world essentially and not only a world in your case you find these big wrestling fans who are building this platform and they live quote unquote in your neighborhood pardon the pun they literally live you can drive to their house quickly so the best part about that is yes we lived at the time i still lived in my hometown of randolph uh they i think it's common knowledge they live in quincy it's a city outside of boston um but we met in california i don't know did you know that Yes, because okay. you met at WrestleMania, and it turned out... Yes, so I remember I went... So my first WrestleMania, I went with my aunt and my uncle, too. My uncle's a huge wrestling fan as well. Still is. Um, he might be even more of a wrestling fan than I am, which is weird. Um, but I'll never forget, we were sitting outside the Superstore, and I see these three nerds walking down the street with wrestling belts on, and then I hear Jason Molsoff talk, and then he took the belt off, and I could see New Age Insider. It's like, I know you guys. And then Jason, I'll, I'll always give him crap for this. He big shotted me. He goes, what's going on, man? What's your Twitter handle? And I go, AJamesK20. He goes, oh, hey, what's up, dude? And shook my hand. You want to take a picture? I was like, sure. And then they walked away. <laughs> um, but then Bill wow. Bill stopped. And he goes, where are you from, dude? And I go, I'm from Randolph. He goes, what? You lived, <laughs> you lived 10 minutes away from us and we met in California. Do you listen to the show? I was like, every week. I listened to episode number one when Liam and Jason sounded like they were in a tin can. And that's we did not meet in our home state for maybe another seven months. Yeah, you had to travel everywhere else, literally across the country. Yep, to meet the people. And, and but that's the beauty of the internet. Yep, is you're allowed to do that. And so, how has this now friendships and stuff? How has that changed your wrestling experience? Oh, it's helped. It's helped so much. I'm doing a podcast, and that's because of you. Um, but um, having local friends to you know, if I'm if I'm in the mood to go and hang out and have a drink and watch the show, they're 20 minutes away. I can go and hang out anytime, and they're always super inviting. They're always super open to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you have a reputation of being kind of the little brother of the group, but you can tell when they talk about it that that's actually not the case. Right. You know, they're like, oh, yeah, and Chip's here. And I'm like, obviously Chip is a welcome part of this group. Yeah. But for the audio. Yes. Um, no, they've... Honestly, they've been nothing but personally, you know, there's Liam, there's Jason, and there's Bill. They're great. The human side of them, too, they're awesome people. I can't say anything but great things about them. They've um, 
they've they've done so much um, outside of wrestling, even just as people, they've done so much. Mm-hmm. While you make sure your mic is plugged in, let me ask you this next question: Is, it, is that good? Damn it, Chip. Yes, that's fine. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Oh, that good? Uh, kind of. You. It was great until you moved it. Oh, hang on. Let me put it back. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> much better. Um, so you eventually leave the job. You get laid off. Yes. Which we all considered to be a great thing for you. Yes. Yeah. The under, understandably, there's going to be some issues with being employed and then not being employed. Yep. But you can talk about it as yeah. much as you want. What brought you to your current job? So I got. So I don't know if it's common knowledge, but I got laid off on my birthday, my uh, 22nd birthday. Um, you know, and I'll never forget getting called into my direct report. So I always say I hated my boss. He was my floor boss, we'll say. So there was a group of us. There were six of us, and we all sat in cubicles together. He was the report. He was the head, the lead designer. So he'd be the one you go to to get your drawings back checked to make sure they're good to be issued. He was the one you'd tell, oh, I'm not going to be in tomorrow. And then there's your direct report, and then there's one more above them. Mm-hmm. I had to sit in my direct report and my um, lead, um, and they said, hey, we're furloughing you. So what a furlough is that for people that don't know is a two month leave of absence. Um, basically you can collect unemployment while you're on it, uh, while you're gone, but there is a callback time, meaning they believe there's work on the horizon that they can bring you back for, but they're not going to yeah. pay you in the meantime. Yeah. Yeah. They want to save money in the short term. Exactly. So they furloughed me. So I waited it out. Um, and then they called me two months later and said, Hey, you know, that job we were bidding on didn't come through. So we're going to, um, we're going to consider this a reduction in force, which is being laid off. Uh, which, I'll never forget sitting in the office when they told me that, and I just smiled. And the, my direct report goes, what, what's up? I said, you have no idea what you just did for me. Uh, he, he was like, are you happy about this? I said, I, I don't quit. I don't like quitting unless I have to, and I wasn't going to. But, And I, said, I put it all out there. I said, I'm not going to say the guy's name because I respect him as a person. He was very good to me as a person, not as a boss. Um, but he was awful to work for he was the worst person to work for um i was stressed i'd go home and shut down every night so long so that ended and it was the best thing to happen um my current um i started doing uber full-time for a while uh just trying to make some cash because i did i got rid of all my savings and trying what's, to what's what's life like as an uber driver you know i liked it um i only did mornings so i would do like 10 a.m to 4 p.m and it was good. You got all I the love business that that's people. What you qual- I love that that's what you qualify as mornings is 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Well, you know. I, hey, NIAM. A day shift. I w- you did a day shift. I was NIAM for a long time. You were. Um, so, yeah, it was. you had a lot of business people, which was great. Um, I do nights now, um, and you get all the drunks, which is always fun. It's always fun. But um, I was just doing that to survive, and this is going to come full circle. Uh, one day in September, my buddy Robbie texts me. He goes, hey, I heard you're out of work. And I said, yeah, I'm just trying to figure something out. He goes, I need help. Went in the next day for an interview. I was hired. And now I am very much full-time and his boss. So how did that happen? How did you go from – because I remember you saying to me, you got the job. And then it was very shortly after that you said something like, I got promoted. Yes. I'm not sure how, but I did. Yes. Um, so essentially what happened is I was hired as an extra. Um, so – uh, the place I work qualifies an extra as working one to 17 hours a week. Um, and that's all I was scheduled for. I was scheduled for one shift at our welcome center one day a week. Uh, but what happened is I kept on picking up all of the shifts because I needed it. I couldn't sit on the couch any longer. 
Um, you know, I was putting on all the weight I needed to get off the couch. Um, so I kept on picking up shifts, picking up shifts. I would do 4 a.m. to 10 a.m., leave and come back and do 4 p.m. to 11 p.m. I mean, 10 p.m. because I needed to. Um, so my associate executive director took notice to that. Uh, so about two months later, he brought me in and said, hey, you know, um, what do you want? And I said, I don't know if this is what I want. Uh, so I left. I applied for a job at Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center in Boston, and I was offered a job there. So again, I went into my associate and said, hey, I'm putting in my two weeks. I got to go. I got a full-time offer. He goes, no, 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 you're not leaving. What do you want? I said, I need full-time. I need benefits. I need commitment that I'm here. He said, you got it. Two weeks, two days later, I interviewed for a program coordinator position, which I still hold to this day. Um, and I love it. I love, my, mm-hmm. I love my job. I really do. So what you're saying for the kids out there is that if you work hard, a lot of times good things happen. You, you make yourself noticed. Um, you know, was I, I always, you always make mistakes, but I put in, I had a good work, work ethic. And I think he realized that whether I was doing the job right or not, that's one thing, but I'm very good with people now. Um, and he took very, he, he noticed that, uh, cause a lot of my positions now, um, involve talking to people, um, showing people the way the lay of the land, essentially, uh, like I'm leading a meeting on Wednesday night. Never thought I would be that person, but I am. The person, the part of me that told you that I thought there was a teacher quality in you, I just feel really good because that's the kind of thing, yep. you know, this is the kind of thing I was like, you sitting and drawing pictures of cables. I don't, I don't see that. Nope. Nope. And I, I can't be any happier about it. I don't know what you want. What? Yes, I'll fix the TV <laughs> we'll, downstairs. We'll, we'll pause here for a second as Chip talks to his dad. He wanted me to fix the TV downstairs. Oh, well, how nice of him. He's just like me. We always mess things up. <clears throat> so, you mentioned earlier, you're not watching wrestling. What's what's up with that? Um, It's a mix of being insanely busy. Um, sure. But when I come home, it's just like, do I really want to go home and watch something I'm not truly enjoying no i'm gonna i'm gonna do something productive i'm gonna do something that i want to do in my free time and just putting on wrestling has not been something i want to do well first question is well then what is it what are you doing in your free time literally i you know what it's it's weird well it's not weird i'm going back and watching the WWE network i'm watching old stuff from my childhood i'm watching Impractical jokers as well because i love that show um but i'm I, I honestly find myself watching old raws old smackdowns more times than not on Monday nights. Vince McMahon is still getting your nine ninety nine, right. so I don't think he cares. Right, and I'll I'll never I'll never give that up because I believe that's a huge it's a great value. Just because I don't like what's currently going on doesn't mean I can't support the company. Mm-hmm. You know, but you're watching the big pay per views and such. Uh, actually, so I kind of watched SummerSlam a little bit, not really. I turned it on for AJ and Samoa Joe, and that was it. Sounds like you're finding you're happy. You're watching the parts you care about. Yeah, and you know, I'm just not one to, and you know me, I'm not one to just want to complain about everything. So, sure. Why? Why watch? Mm-hmm. You went to All In though. I, How was that? I did go to All In. I was lucky enough to be in Chicago for another reason, um, a work-related reason that ended up getting canceled. I also think it was like a wink, wink from my boss. But um, I know I I loved it. I, it almost kind of, like not almost. It did make me realize why I love wrestling. 
Uh, mm-hmm. But it didn't. It didn't get me back to watching WWE because why would it? <laughs> well, it's a completely different thing. Right. So, do you still watch? Because what you watch stuff on the network. You went to All In. Yep. Are you catching up with the? Are you still watching the local? You going to Beyond shows, Chaotic shows, whatever else is going on? I haven't gone to Chaotic in about a year and a half. Um, wasn't anything really other than I just didn't enjoy their product either for a while, so I just stopped going. Um, mm-hmm. But I am still keeping up with progress uh, very much. Um, New Japan. I watch the big shows. That's it. Uh, but yeah, really, that's that's honestly it. So thirty seconds. Sell me and the audience on progress. Why should I be caring about progress? Hard hitting, storytelling. Some of the best wrestlers in the world. Um, it's a unique time where you have WWE contract superstars wrestling on their show. Um, it's different. Swearing, um, it's different because swearing, or it's different kinds of swearing that I'm not used to. Also, that. Okay, <laughs> um, we'll go with that one. Um, but also, I'm going to go over my 30 seconds. But do yourselves a That's favor fine. if you if you really want to understand progress, go back and watch the Jimmy Havoc story, which is his reign through progress as um, progress world champion for 602 days. That will that will give you an idea of what progress is and why I mm-hmm. fell into that if i got into progress i would of course have to start with one number one and work my way forward as i tend to do with everything. that's what i did it was the best thing i did because they develop so, every store every chapter yeah, it, it sounds good it's just i don't know how much more my wife can handle me watching wrestling in my life that's fair so. that's very fair so who are your favorite talents progress japan wwe whatever <laughs> give me some of the guys right now that you enjoy watching cody rhodes i do enjoy watching cody rhodes um Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho, that guy is insane. He, I don't know how he does what he does. Keeps on keeping himself relevant 20 years later. Crazy. Um, Seth Rollins is always a good choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really off the top of my head. That's, that's a pretty good four right there. Yeah. That's a fatal four way I'd watch. Yeah. But, so five, right? Because the Bucks are two. Did I say the Bucks? Did you? No. No, never mind. Bucks. Okay, well, there's now it's a six-minute <laughs> yeah. tag. <clears throat> All right. We've gone an hour. We've gotten through the interview part of the show. I think everyone has a pretty good idea of who Chip is. I think so. The next part of the show is the name game. Okay. I'm going to give you a name. First thing that comes to your mind, just give me it back. Okay. All right, let's start off easy. The Rock. Eyebrow. Okay. It doesn't need to be a single word. It's oh, okay. not a single word okay. sort of game, but just... So, The Rock. Still eyebrow. The eyebrow. Still eyebrow. All right. <laughs> Chris Jericho. Greatest of all time. Would he be Would he be atop your list if if you did your own list? Absolutely. 100% of the time. I, I just want you to know that I love you. <laughs> D'Lo oh, Brown. God, are you, are you kidding me? Can I swear on this show? Sure, why not? What the fuck, man? Why would you do that? <laughs> because I'm me and you're you. <laughs> no. I'm 2-0 and o versus you, D'Lo. Do you want to explain what, what it is about D'Lo Brown that you are so against? It's not even particularly him. I just can never understand how he did that head bob and didn't break his neck. I got so mad at it one night when I was watching Grow Up, my dad. I threw the remote through the TV and broke my TV in my room. And I never got another TV in my room. Nor should you. <laughs> Fair. 
but I think as a 23 year old, since you're so grown up now, you can, understand I think I get it now. Should, yeah. So it was just from a, a anatomical standpoint yeah. that his head shouldn't possibly shake. It shouldn't. Much. I mean, how do you not like, like I, I strain every muscle in my body. How does he not do that to his neck? Like what kind of neck workouts are you doing? I need to know. <laughs> While we're on the subject, what is your hatred of the brawl for all? It does. It didn't make sense. Like what? I know there are rules, but really, what are the rules? I don't remember. <laughs> All I remember is they were they were trying to be UFC. But were they? They were failing, but they were trying. They were trying to be legit, and and just doing a terrible job. It was horrible. Horrible. All right, two more names. Okay, The Undertaker. Um, unbelievable, phenom. Um. I can never, I will never not want to see him. Last one, Triple H. Uh, um, no, uh, yeah, actually, that's my answer. That's a good answer. Okay. Uh, no, um, constantly evolving. Constantly evolving. Um, somehow. Enough. He's made it work. Yeah. When he came out with a suit, I was like, I, I don't know. I don't know if I can do this. And yep. Now I can't imagine him in anything right? else. Right, I can't imagine long hair Triple H anymore. Which means he's doing his job. Because you don't want to think back. You want to always think about what you currently are. You never want to go back to the old day. So, Despite what they've been doing, you haven't watched. But they're building up to The Undertaker and Triple H one last time in Australia. And so for the past few weeks, all they've been doing is bringing out Hall of Famers to talk about. You know what, though? Now that you're telling me that, I want to watch it. Yeah, it's... It's going to be a good day. Shawn Michaels came out to, to talk to The Undertaker. Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker had a face-off on Raw. Oh, he's going to wrestle this again, guy. isn't he? I hope not, but probably. Okay. I thought so. All right there, Chip. This is the uh, penultimate part, part four of the show. You get the chance to plug whatever it is you would like to plug, either yours or something else, if you want to plug progress or whatever, and then you will need to answer what I am calling the DC Dozen, which is 12, actually no, 13, so it's a baker's dozen, 13 questions that I'm going to ask every single guest, and then I will let you go. You have been very generous with your time. So what would you like to plug? What do you want people to pay attention to? So I don't know if I'm able to talk about it yet. When is the show coming out? Not for a while. Okay. It's, 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 it's going to take a couple of weeks for us to get ourselves fully settled. So this is going to be held in a secret vault until it's ready. Perfect. Okay, so then I can talk about it. Salty Chips is coming back. Uh, so I'm going to yes. sell Salty Chips. Um, it's a different show. We don't we talk about wrestling, but do we? Do we really? I don't, don't really know because we don't have any format going into this. DC, I see all your notes. We don't have anything. We just get on the microphone, and whatever happens, happens. And that's what makes uh, us different. Um, DC, uh, DC. <laughs> Damien and I have Hi. a different type of chemistry. Um, if you listen to Checking the Boots, Tony and I had a history, um, knowledge of history. Damien and I just talk because we have common interests. So it's basically us just talking. It's very much a talk show. Think late night Liam. Essentially that. And that will be on its own feed if they go to iTunes or their podcast yeah, so portal we, of choice. Yeah, so we do have our own feed. I don't know what's going on. Uh, I, I can't speak to it yet because I don't know what's happening with the NAI Network. I know we're still apart, but wherever we are, we still have you our own You are proud feed. affiliates, just like yes. Doc and I. We are proud affiliates. Yes, we are affiliates. All right, so what happened? When they hear this, they will go looking for Salty yep, Chips. Search and I'm the sure Salty Chips show. 
on any podcast, Excellent. including Spotify. We are on Spotify. Uh, there's one thing I forgot to mention. What is your obsession with Saved by the Bell? <laughs> I'm looking at my Saved by the Bell pops over there. Um, I, I always remember before going to school at 7 a.m., turning on TBS, Saved by the Bell was on, and then it would be on again at 3 o'clock when I got home. And it was just that bell. Um, I know, I know. Dave, if Damien's listening, he's saying, Zach Morris is trash. He is, but I love it. Um, I think it, I think they lived the life that I wanted to live. I think that's why I took exception to it. Okay. Uh, was Zach Morris... Did you want to be Zach Morris? No, I wanted to be A.C. Slater. As you should. Doesn't as Doesn't as everybody want to be Slater? I, I would think yeah. so. Nobody wanted to be Slater. I mean, except, that. except Zach Morris did marry Kelly Kapowski, and that was also the dream. So. so you wanted to be A.C. Slater married to Kelly Capacity. Yes. Fair enough. All right, my friend. It is time for the DC Dozen. 13 questions. Number one. Who is your favorite wrestler of all time? Chris Jericho. 100% of the time. Has that always been the case? I'm allowed to ask follow-ups. Uh, has that always been the case, or is that a more recent development? Um, Probably. So when Chris Jericho went away in 2005 was when I really started to realize how great he was because I missed him, and that's when I stopped watching wrestling. Uh, before that, it was Steve Austin. Uh, but then, you know, obviously after 2003, he went away. So right in the 2004 time frame is when I realized the true value of Chris Jericho and really liked him. Mm-hmm. Just a quick plug for you. If you haven't seen his WCW stuff... Watch it. Go back. You're watching Raws and Smackdowns. Yep. Instead of watching Modern Day... Go back and just watch some of his stuff because it is, I would say, on par with a good portion of his WWE. See, stuff. it's interesting that you say that because I just listened to Chris Jericho's podcast. Uh, he talked about the countdown to '99 coming into WWF uh, with Conrad Thompson, and he said he hated his WCW stuff. He thought he had no steam. He thought nobody liked him. It's interesting. You can you can tell that he's not exactly thrilled with yep. it, but he's still hilarious. The matches are still of a pretty good quality. Yep. I, I enjoyed it. Okay, I would do that. Qu- question two: Outside of wrestling, who inspires you? My mom. My mom. Just everything that she's gone through, and she's still doing whatever she can. Always look up to that. Perfect question. Perfect answer. Perfect question. Though. Okay. Perfect question. question. Two and okay question. Well, thank you. <laughs> uh, number three: What has been the most important development in pro wrestling in your lifetime? Who? stuff elaborate a little bit what what has changed what has been the biggest change in pro wrestling in your lifetime oh definitely what is definitely been- attitude and ruthless aggression to pg i thought that's what you're going for i want to make sure but yeah definitely attitude era and ruthless aggression to pg to be fair you're the first person to ever hear these questions so <laughs> it's possible that you know now i'm just like oh maybe that question's vague we'll have to tinker with yeah because I, I thought that's where you're going with it i just wanted to make sure Yes, so the ch- so the change of eras. Yeah. Do you wish we could go back to one of the different eras? Like, you you obviously are not quite thrilled with the PG era. Right. Do you want to go back? I don't think going back is the answer. I think moving forward is always the answer, and I think we need to mm-hmm. find something different. I don't think revisiting is ever a good option. Yeah. Good. Good answer. What is one word you would like to banish from all wrestling vernacular, either on TV or on social media? What's the one word you hate? Buried. 
It's always going to be one of the answers. I bet you if you interview 90 people on the show, 89 of them are going to say buried. I like that you went with 90 and not 100. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm that guy. I'm just like that. What is your favorite match of all time? Uh, actually, it's it's not going to be like Cameron saying Naomi versus Molina. Um or whatever that match was, Alicia Fox versus Melina. Um, it is Chris Jericho versus Edge at WrestleMania. I love that match. Why? I I can't really explain it because it's not an awesome match. Um, I think it was. I think I love the story leading up to it so much that Edge got hurt. Jericho was turns back on him because he didn't think he was a good tag partner because he got hurt in real life. Uh, and then Edge returning and eliminating him at Royal Rumble to lead to Mania as the World Heavyweight Champion. You can't you can't write it any better. Perfect. What is a hidden talent that you possess? <laughs> you think I have talents? I do. I'm sorry, umpire at twelve, <laughs> uh, nuclear drafter at nineteen. Yes, Actually, I'm pretty sure you have talents. All right, uh, that's fair. Um, do you know how I pitch? I'm a submarine no. pitcher. <laughs> You're a submarine pitcher. Yep. That's the underhand. Yep, so for people that don't that's know. That's not sidearm, right? Nope. It's completely underhand, so for people that don't know, your knuckles almost touch the dirt when you pitch. So you're not pitching fast-pitch softball, though, because that's yes. also underhand. Yes, uh, I play slow-pitch softball. Currently. I believe Currently. It. Yeah, because, you know, you don't have enough going on in your nope. life besides Uber and a job and all this other stuff. You're... i got to keep busy. I can't I can't sit still. I, I see that. What is your favorite feud of all time? Austin Rock. Austin Rock. It, it's... It's the very easy choice, but it's the right choice. What profession in the world of wrestling would you like to attempt? Wrestler. I'd be intrigued to see if, like, I'd be intrigued. <laughs> That's all I'm good. So would the rest. So would the rest of us. We would all be intrigued <laughs> to see Chip, the professional wrestler. Imagine. What would Chip K. Fabe look like? Like, uh, walk me through Chip K. Fabe's attire. Oh, attire. Um, so whenever I created myself as a wrestler, um, I always had this hair, this beard. I always did like the Jericho tights, the um, the the old ones, the um, the the um, I think there were lightning strikes on them or something, and boots. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think I'd casual, like you know, promo. I think I'd look like Adam Page, the which I currently do wear, the flannels, the jeans, the cowboy boots. So it's two different, two okay. different animals. So, so very similar to Chip K. Fan. Exactly. I think I, I think I would be... A sparkly hat or something no, like that. No, no, nothing over the top. Not Christian hardcore. Thank you for that <laughs> reference. I appreciate that. What would your finisher be? This is not one of the DC Baker's dozen, but I got to know. What would your finisher so, be? I love kicks in wrestling. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the super kick, but I'm pretty sure that's all I could do. So super kick. <laughs> All right. If you had to introduce someone to the world of wrestling, what match would you give them to watch? So I actually did this uh, not too long ago. Um, so my first choice is always for people. So if if I say I want to get you into wrestling, if they cut me off and say it's fake, I'm going to show them Austin, uh, not Austin, I'm sorry, Foley Rock, Roy Rumble 99. Because... Good choice. Oh, holy shit. Like, you know. Um, I thought you were going to say Austin Hart, and I was like, also good well, choice. Well, that, that would be, for people that don't cut me off and say that, Austin Hart will be my choice. Also, I could also go with, um, there are two other choices. I would do Austin um, Austin Rock, of course, or Undertaker Shawn Michaels at 25. 
What's the best progress match you've ever seen? So that has two different definitions. My favorite comedy match, um, because they do they do a mix of it all, is um, Trent Seven title debate, Pete Dunne versus Flash Morgan Webster, Mark Haskins, and one more I'm forgetting. Uh, that was so fun. Uh, my favorite match um, is probably Tommy and Mark Haskins and uh, Marty Scurll for the Progress Everybody title, Chapter 36. I like that you can quote it chapter and verse. Yep. Describe Chip Kayfabe's perfect day, but it is not allowed to include work. Oh, um, doing nothing. Just being able to sit on the couch with my feet up, being a human. How often does that happen? Doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> if you could be the Grand High Poobah of professional I love wrestling, to use what, that. Is, what is the first rule you would make and why? Who? Um, first rule. Wow, I haven't even thought about this before. Um, I was going to go down the Drew Gulak route of no high flying, but that would go against everything I believe in wrestling. Um, hmm. Can we can we stop repeating things? Stop repeating. That's the rule. Yeah, stop, stop repeating, repeating things. Is there a uh, time limit on that? Like, uh, so my example is going to be Dolph Ziggler. Always skinning the cat for some reason in a match. It's like, it's not a Royal Rumble. What are you doing? So you're talking in the ring. In the ring, but I'm also talking about on promos. Dolph Ziggler's promo is the same thing every time. Okay. So be different. But so, for example, the New Day using the Freebird rule, that's allowed. That's allowed. Oh, okay. So you're looking for, like, standard rules that you have to put in a rule book. No, not necessarily. But more of what I'm saying, you said stop repeating things. Yep. Well, technically, the New Day using the Freebird rule is repeating the Freebird rule. Okay. So I'm like, is there a time limit? Can I go back a certain That's number fair. of years and steal something? That's very fair. Or is it... Um, you're just looking for originality is what I'm... Yeah. Originality. Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, well, who is on your Mount Rushmore of pro wrestling? That means four names. Okay. Uh, Hulk Hogan. Easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that has to be an answer. I, even with his recent things, sure. that has to be an answer. Um, Austin. Uh, I always I always struggle here whether I put um, The Rock or Shawn Michaels as my third. Um, so I'm going to go with The Rock just because of the crossover. Um, and Triple H. Triple H is honestly my fourth. Okay, that's a good one. Yep. Chris Jericho doesn't make the list? He doesn't because I don't think... Because Mount Rush, Rushmore is for everybody, essentially. You, kn- you sure. know the four people on Mount Rushmore. I think if you think of wrestling, you ha- you know those four. I don't think you really know Chris Jericho. Excellent point. Last question. What does pro wrestling mean to Chip Kayfabe? It's truly an escape. Um, how, how, how else would you escape personal life, everything going on that I mentioned in the beginning mm-hmm. of the show? It, it's truly an escape. That's what it means. It's just really important to have an escape in life, and professional wrestling has been that to me. Chip K. Fabe, this was a delightful yes. almost 90 minutes wow. to chat have with you. Have you ever done a 90 minute uh, show before? Have Doc and I done that? Doc and I do six hour shows on the DDT Awards. Absolutely. I tried. But, <laughs> yeah, that's right. But, but I, I think, you know, we're trying to figure out. I'm trying to figure out how long these interviews are going to be. And I had said to uh, 
Jeremy on Twitter, EPL and NFL, I had said, you know, I think it's going to be about 90 minutes. And I'm like, I might need to break it up into two yeah. pieces. I mean, I talk because... a lot. So. No, but I think that's yeah. good because, like I said, this was an excellent first interview. You have set a high, high bar that I'm going to try to meet every single time. So I want to thank you for being part of the show. I want to thank the audience for tuning in to the very first episode of Question Marks as part of the DDT universe. Uh, let us know what you think. Let us, you know, make sure you're following Chip at Chip Kayfabe. How could you not be? Seriously. I lost all my lost followers. A bunch of followers. I did. I lost all of them. All the bots. All the bots are gone. <laughs> all right. I am DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you on the next episode of Question Mark.